Hello, my name is Adam Eason. Welcome to episode 113 of Hypnosis Weekly. Hypnosis friends and a very warm welcome to Hypnosis Weekly. Once again, in my own highly biased opinion, I think I have a, a brilliant, a stimulating show lined up for you today. Um, in a short while, I'm going to be sharing with you this week's interview and discussion all rolled into one with my guest, Michael Pelligianis. Um, then we'll have this week's Hypnosis in the News stories, um, examining the media where hypnosis is featured. I'm going to offer up some personal subjective commentary on the way that hypnosis gets portrayed in the media. This week, I'm going to be discussing a single story that, that leads straight into this week's evidence-based factoid. The two are related. <coughs> In, in a way that puts a smile on my face. Um, um, as I say at the beginning of every Hypnosis Weekly episode, this podcast is something that I want to encompass a feeling of embracing diversity, celebrating the field of hypnosis and encouraging friendly, professional, enjoyable discussion and debate, as well as doing its best to inform and educate. I do not share the same stance as most of our guests and at times have major differences in approach and leaning, but all are incredibly lovely people who I'd happily talk with until late in in the pub, and all of whom following their time here on Hypnosis Weekly, I have a great deal of respect for. If you have questions, queries, thoughts, or feedback, do get in touch via the Hypnosis Weekly website. All the references made in the discussions, along with related links, are posted in the episode notes section at iTunes and on each episode's page on the website www.hypnosis-weekly.com. You can add your thoughts, comments, make any suggestions there too. Please do share this podcast on Facebook, Twitter and anywhere else to help us reach more of the hypnosis community. It's greatly appreciated. If you enjoy this podcast, please do go give us a favourable rating and even a review at iTunes. I'll be a BFF if you do. It takes just a couple of, a couple of clicks and a few seconds uh, to do so and it helps us a great deal. Um, first of all, today then, um, this week's interview and discussion, um, all in one, with Michael Belligianis, um, hailing from uh, Denmark. Um, Michael is someone that I consider to be a friend first and foremost. Um, he's also a professional peer. He is a graduate of mine and he is a major thinker. And I love, uh, as you'll hear, I love that his his journey has seen him relinquish and let go of many trains of thought and, and grow out of them and develop um, um, and so on. You know, he, he adopts an in-depth understanding of topics before deciding upon his own stance. He applies critical thinking beautifully. You know, he he doesn't even you know agree with with a whole bunch of things that i say you know he 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 tests and and asks you know really really profound questions and michael's incredibly sharp and my experience of him has always been one where i'm kept on my toes in his company um, um he's very entertaining as well you know he entertains those that he spends time with um and i always smile greatly in his company um, last year he had brain surgery and uh, had part of his his brain removed um, and I saw him in Denmark shortly after um, the surgery um, he, had a, he had a long scar across the back of his head and I was really sad at the prospect of him potentially not being the same person 
But you know what? He, he leaped over this. He, he applied himself. And when you talk to him today, there's no sign that this happened. And it, it's testament to the kind of man that he is. Um, 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 th- 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 he doesn't even mention it, you know, unless you ask him about it. Um, um, anyway, I, I, a more biased and glowing introduction I don't think I've given before on the show, um, but it's warranted. Um, so let's get on with it, shall we? For now, get comfy, my friends. Turn up the volume, sip on your tea. Enjoy this week's interview and discussion. <music> So, as I've just been discussing, I'm delighted to welcome the one and the only Michael Belligianis as my guest on to Hypnosis Weekly. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you, Adam, and thank you for having me. Uh, I'm delighted. I'm delighted that I've managed to get you here after this time because um, um, it's uh, it's been a while that I've that I've kind of been been suggesting it to you and trying to sort of st- <laughs> strong arm you into into coming and, and appearing here on the show. You know, so I, I, I'm delighted that you're here. So um, for people that are not aware of you, um, tell us a little bit about yourself in as in as much as tell us a bit about your background first of all. You know how you got into this field and 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 how you arrived. Um, where you are now having this discussion with me about hypnosis stuff. Yes. Uh, originally, originally, I am a school teacher in elementary school. I've been working as a teacher for 15 years now and teaching math, science, music. And I've always been fascinated with the way the mind works and how we learn and discover stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I started to, to practice... Um, magic actually for about 20 years ago and 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 accidentally stumbled into to the hypnosis field by uh, watching uh, stage hypnosis and i thought to myself if that if if that stuff is real <laughs> that's that's real magic if you can get people to see something that is not there or not see things that are there that's real magic just using your words yeah and um yeah and then i i thought yeah i have to i have to find out more more about it and very skeptical i when when you see these stage shows it it seems it seems fake it seems like they are pretending you 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 can't you can't watch it and not have the thought are they really faking it is it just staged and i just mm. had to find out and i did my first um, I actually just Google the nearest hypnotist in the area and, <laughs> and, and find out the, <laughs> thought that the one would be as good as the next uh, and did my training and, and soon discovered that it was real and it, it could, people could have these experiences and that really hooked me in. So, yeah, yeah. that's how I got into it. You know, I'm I'm really excited about asking you this 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 next question, and you know, you, you know what it is. The regular the regular listeners know what know what's coming up. Um, but I'm particularly interested in 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 where you are at with hypnosis because you know, um, um, I spent some time with you, and I know what a what a good thinker you are, and what a what a deep thinker you are. So, tell me a little bit about where you're at now with regards to hypnosis. Do you have a definition? Um, 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 how did you arrive at that definition and how do you explain hypnosis to, to either clients or, or people that just ask you about it? Yeah. Actually, 
I did my first year after my qualification not having any clients because I thought I, I wasn't good enough. I, I thought I, I, I could do it and I just had, had to learn more. And I started to reading, just reading, reading, reading and watching and gathering information and uh, found out there was much more to hypnosis than just the qualification and what the teacher has told me and really started opening things up. And um, yeah, yeah. So, so, so now the way I explain hypnosis has, has changed dramatically from how I would have changed, how, how I would have explained when I was first doing my qualification. Yeah. Um, so I'm still not quite convinced what hypnosis really is <laughs> or how it's, it's uh, functioning, but what, what, with what, what I've read and experienced, I mostly explain hypnosis as a skill that we can learn and something we can do and engage in and become better at. Um, and also the, the explanation that I give to my clients is different from the explanation that I give to when I hypnotize people in a, a festive <laughs> setting or on the yeah. street. Um, but I usually say to my clients that that hypnosis is suggestion based and that people are suggestible whether they like it or not. <laughs> and we are influenced by all kinds, many kinds of suggestions during the day and in our everyday lives. And suggestions seem to affect us um, if we keep focusing on them and, and give them meaning. Mm. And when we do it on purpose, we call it a hypnosis. <laughs> when we focus on an idea and use our imagination and make believe it's true, if we focus our attention on something for long enough, it affects us to the mm. point it can feel it's happening automatically. Yeah, mm. and that, that's usually how I explain it. And for some, the effects happen very quickly, and for others, it takes a bit longer. But we can at least, to a certain extent, just train and become good. Uh, yeah. Good at yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I really like that. Um, um, there was there, there was a couple of uh, a couple of very kind of Kueism type of uh, lines in there that that, that really excited me. Um, um, so to, to tell me a little bit about you know some of your some of your influences, um, um, some of your major influences in this field, um, um, perhaps some of the books, some of the authors that have taught you most, and teachers that have been influential upon you, and so on. Yes. First of all, first of all, I have to mention uh, Anthony. Jackwin, yeah, is a real uh, hero of mine, and he 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 really opened my eyes to this field. Uh, the first thing I discovered by him was his book *Reality is Plastic*, um, which is just a practical guide to impromptu stage hypnosis, um, where he really just was on the on the spot. There, yeah. there was no much fluff; it was just direct using suggestion using imagination and using exercises to get people these experiences was, there was no mention of an unconscious mind or a deep trance it was just pure suggestion and plain language and yeah using the imagination 
Uh, and I, I really like Anthony's way of seeing things and also his willingness to discard his own views <laughs> if something better comes up and yeah. to learn and to dive into it. Um, yeah, that's it. And, and him and, and Kev Sheldrake, which, uh, uh, whom also ha- has a, a great, great mind, Kev Sheldrake, yeah. Uh, they, they they came up with their automatic imagination model, and that really sparked things with me. Um, just saying, imagine that uh, your hand is lifting by itself, and now imagine that you are not imagining it. <laughs> imagine yeah. that it happens automatically, um, and there's nothing you can do about it. That just, I, I, I thought that was brilliant. And, and yeah. when I started using it, it, it just upped the effect for, for the subjects yeah. um, to, 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 to engage their imagination and then imagining that, that they were not imagining it. Then, then later, um, discovering, discovering the work of, of uh, Spanners and his Carlson skill training program, mm. um, the suggestion that you, you, you can become better at hypnosis and 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 see that the automatic imagination model actually was discovered beforehand by them. Uh, they, they, I think they suggest something along the lines with um, do something, <laughs> lift your hand, and now imagine that you are not lifting it, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Uh, and and and. Yeah, and that's really where where things starting to happening start starting to happen for me, uh, and yeah, 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 yeah. I love but, that stuff, you know. But, um, but, uh, but I could go on with my with my. I, I have to mention a couple of other names and a couple of, of uh, other th- thoughts because um, yeah, it has really been been a journey yeah. for me. Um, and and Anthony. It's still Anthony. He he did his um, Change Phenomena conference. Yeah. Where he gathered all, all kind of different voices in the hypnosis field, uh, and 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 proponent proponents for very divergent ideas about hypnosis, and just let them speak, and spread their ideas. And those both researchers and show hypnotists and therapists and. With, of different beliefs, and that really blew my mind when I when I came into this field. Just just, just the way that that yeah, it, it just opened the field up, and um, the debate and the discussions and the different views. It, it was just yeah, it was just really mind blowing. Yeah, I used to love change phenomena. Yeah, me too. And that that's where I first get acquaint, got acquainted with you, Adam. <laughs> Through the change phenomena and and started diving into your stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. I then I did your course and um, yeah. And you 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 actually made me doubt everything I knew. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I knew about hypnosis. So I, before before coming on your course, I I did a, a couple of other diploma courses and I, I had read a lot. Uh, before and I, I thought I had a solid base, and um, my head was just a big 
mess after doing your course. And then I thought I was, I was never going to land again. Everything I thought I knew was just completely unstable. Mm. Um, but I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. So I had to, to gather the, the pieces. Um, yeah. After that. Yeah. Uh, you, just the fact that, that, that you, you, you mentioned the, you, the huge evidence base to support our field and, uh, and finding out that there was an other side to the story that you didn't have to depend on trans or the unconscious mind. Um, that just blew me away and was really a, an eye opener. Yeah. 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 And good. also, also your, your way of, of, of teaching me to, to adopt critical, critical thinking and, and, and not just accept the teachers view and, and, and it just took me on a journey of just diving really into the, the studies and, and things like that. Yeah, it's always funny, you know, when you start to champion things like um, critical thinking um, and start start telling your students that they need to be critical thinkers and ask questions and 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 you know and be healthily skeptical, um, um, it, they then become very slightly more difficult to teach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they start to become less uh, uh, less less subordinate, uh, uh, and and yeah, before you know it, you're really earning your fees as far as uh, being a teacher is concerned. And you know, I think it's one of the challenges that I have with the field in general. Um, this characteristic that you know that, that that you don't ask the teacher, you don't you know you don't challenge the teacher, for example, yeah. um, um, and yet yeah yeah yeah. So we're we're keen to promote that, you know, um, um, and I think it's very useful, and I think there needs to be that kind of culture. And and I must say, one of the reasons that I love having um, um, that I love whenever you and I meet. It's because, you know, you're asking, you're asking questions of, of everybody, you know, myself included, you know, you it, over, over time have asked me some, some very, very difficult questions and, and they've been, and they've been important ones. And they've been things that, you know, we don't always know the answers to, and we're looking to, to kind of work our way through. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And just yeah. discovering and, and, and discussing things, discussing things and not, just shutting down because you meet an opposing view. You, you, yeah, you should be having more of these kind of discussions. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and and actually, after doing that, and and when I had assembled myself with the new knowledge, and <laughs> and uh, afterwards, it it made hypnosis much easier, and 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 um, yeah. It just did. It just freed up so much stuff that that I wasn't entrenched in in, in a specific dogma. It, it just freed me up. So thank you yeah. for that. Great, great. My, well, my, my pleasure. Thank you for for picking it up and and, and going with it. You know, and yeah. for for embracing some of that. Um, um, you know, I, I mentioned in there. You know, I was asking some of the some of the books and authors that that that, that, that taught you some some some. Um, that, that, that you've been keen on in the past. And I know that in a recent exchange that you and I had um, um, via on Messenger, um, you mentioned to me that, you know, you'd, you'd got the latest edition of Michael Yapko's Trance Work book, you know, which is, yeah. which is a book that, um, that, that I hold in high regard. I think it's a very, um, a very thorough 
um, um, textbook, and I think it's a very useful textbook. You know, I think Yapko in his former days did lean very strongly towards um, um, Ericsson in some of his approaches, but um, 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 I, I know that um, um, in, in the latest edition, you mentioned to me that he spent the, the, the first chapter ranting a bit about stage hypnotists and how they damage the field and scare away clients. Um, <laughs> and I know, for example, that, 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 that even though you love the book, you, you know, you've been asking some strong questions about that, about, you know, his, his motives for, for this, this, this chapter. Yes. I find that a lot of researchers and a lot of clinical hypnotherapists rant about stage hypnotists and how they scare off customers and how, how it, 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 uh, it's not taking this, this field seriously and, and, and we, we ought to almost ban it. Um, I find it funny, actually, because... If you take into the account Irvin Kirsch thoughts about heightening the expectation towards the outcome or heightening the expectation um, in, the, in the treatment or, or, or the effect, we, we should be able to use the heightened expectation from the stage show in our practice and, and, and really get better results. And, and I'm aware that, that, that there, is, there are stage hypnotists who are not quite ethical in the way of, of going about it, but, but there also are stage hypnotists that, that are very skilled and ethical about it. And, and every time I, I go on the street and I practice um, street hypnosis and, and also listening to my friends that are stage hypnotists, yeah. we are, it, it doesn't seem that people are scared off. <laughs> on the contrary, they, 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 they come up to us and, and ask for our cards and ask all kinds of questions. And it's a brilliant opportunity to spread the word. And, and being ethical about it and, and teach them how it really works and, and even do some exercises on them right then and there and, and teach them how they can, can use their minds. And I, I, I find it funny when, when, when people just discard it as shitty business. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, I, I understand that. I, I feel that a lot, you know, I'm, um, I'm, I'm quite influenced by some, but by some people's, you know, and their skill set with 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 the stage and the street stuff, and and found some very very interesting parallels to be drawn. You know, when you when you connect some of what is happening on the stage with some of the evidence, you know, so th 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 there's a whole bunch of it that makes makes a lot of sense. Yes. Um, 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 now you you know, in the years that you've been working, then tell me. Tell me what what's been one of the most or one of the more impressive applications of hypnosis that that you've directly witnessed that you've been there and seen happening or you've experienced yourself. I think it is just fascinating. I I find it hard to 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 just pick one, but but there are two clients that that keeps popping up in my head when yeah. I when I I think back, and, and one of them was a. Uh, uh, a boy or a young man who who bite his nails all the way down to the 
what it's called, um, the base of the nail. Yeah. I, I can't remember oh. the name of the name. Yeah. Um, and, and it really hurt him and, and, and he just wanted to, to stop it. And he, he had been doing it for all his life and, and he, he couldn't really, he didn't really know when it started or, or why he was doing it. It was just an automatic response and, and did it while, while he watched Sally or yeah. But he had no nails on both of his hands, and and he was. Uh, I I have always uh, I, I I do a, a three session approach, yeah. um, but after the first session, he just stopped. He just stopped, <laughs> and 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 yeah, that that's just mind blowing to me. How how something you've done for so such a long time, something that's really been bugging you for, for such a long time just can stop from one day to the next um, and another another story is a, a woman I saw because she was very sensitive and, and she was blushing and her tears was watering every time she, she had a discussion or something um, sensitive came, came up tears was running down her cheeks so she was not being she was just <laughs> Staying at home, not not engaging in social activity, uh, and it's the same thing. <laughs> it just stopped. The blushing stopped, and her tears were. Wow. Uh, yeah, and, and that just amazes me how 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 our brain can make that yeah. change so fast. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love hearing that stuff. Mm. Um, um, one of the things that I, that I hear quite often in this in this particular section, when I ask this question of lots of our guests, is um, 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 a lot of people find you know find some of the most impressive applications that that, that we see on a day to day basis. We end up almost becoming quite blasé about yes. it, quite quite sort of like I yeah you know there's a person who 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 did this, or there's a person who did this thing, and um, um, you, you know wh 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 when you're in in with somebody who who let's be honest if someone comes up and they've got virtually no fingernails and then you know after a session uh, uh you know that th th that stops that's you know i just think that's i think that's incredible and, and blushing as well blushing is you know full-blown debilitating sometimes yeah. um um i love hearing that stuff so um, um um if you could go back to when you started out then michael um, when you started out, you know, um, um, at the beginning of your kind of journey with hypnosis and hypnotherapy, knowing the things that you know now, is there anything you would do differently? Um, and is there any advice that the person you are today would give that younger you uh, that you'd share with our listeners? Yeah, the, not really. The, the, I, I don't think there's anything I would change because it has been a journey. Um, uh, uh, and... And what I've learned from the most is doing, researching different approaches. <laughs> so, so, so all my trainings have, has, has been in complete opposite directions and, and complete opposite side of the scale. And, and, and I think still that's the way to go, that, that seeking out the enemy, <laughs> so to speak, and, and, mm. and, and be willing to... to to change your mind and be, be willing to, to, to learn from it and, and take what you can from it and not just sitting with your arms crossed and, and, and saying it's not like that, but really be open um, 
So uh, what I would like to, to do have done differently is I would have started earlier. <laughs> I would have yeah. loved to, to discover this world earlier and, and, and just do it and, and dive into it. So, yeah, yeah, that would yeah. be it. Yeah. Um, um, you know, I encounter a lot of people that, 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 that say something quite similar. Um, um, you know, I, um, you know, when, when you and I had an exchange just quite recently, one of the things that you, you mentioned you were finding really interesting at the moment is why people's biases are so hard to change, even when they're mm. presented with evidence. Um, and you've been reading an article about one of the, the earliest ever controlled trials. Um, 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 perhaps you could just share your thoughts on that, because I, I, I had something something that I might want that, 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 that I thought would be quite interesting to ask you, if you wouldn't mind just sharing that with, with our listeners. Yes, uh, uh, I read an article the other day in 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 the newspaper uh, where the, where they 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 re just briefly mentioned the first ever randomized controlled trial that was ever done, and it was on a ship, HMS Salisbury in seventy forty seven, yeah. and the ship's doctor divided a group of twelve sailors with scurvy uh, into six groups. That's not a huge sample. I don't think it would <laughs> hold up to scrutiny to today. But 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 um, his study clearly showed that the group that was treated with oranges and lemon juice clearly got better, faster, and 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 even survived. Um, up until that point, the 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 the, the normal treatment was sulfuric acid. Just have some of the sulfuric acid. <laughs> yeah, have some <laughs> and sulfuric acid. Yeah, and, 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 and some, some probably got better. Um, yeah, I don't know. But, 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 but orange and lemon juice clearly helped them. But 50 years went on. 50 years went on before that orange and lemon juice was a part of the normal rations to, to the sailors. Uh, yeah, and up until that point, they just treated them with sulfuric acid and kept yeah. going. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the same is true for, for hypnosis field. It, it's, it's been 86 years since Clark Hall clearly showed that, that the hypnotic induction, induction wasn't that important, that, that people almost, is al almost, almost as suggestible without a formal induction as with it. <laughs> you, yeah. They can do full range of hypnotic phenomena without the hypnotic ingestion, uh, uh, induction. Um, and at 86 years, that's a lot of, that's, that's a long period of time. And still people are, uh, dwell with the importance of the right induction and, and the trans levels. And you have to be in this stage and, uh, and that just that's just mind blowing to me, and 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 I find myself also having finding it hard to give up my beliefs and finding my, it is hard to do, but 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 I think that there's a lesson in, uh, as I said before, taking the opposite perspective and really learn it, and really just, uh, really just dive into it and, and take what you can from it instead of just dismissing it as, yeah. 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 You know, um, 
um, um, it, it's a really interesting point that you make there, you know, because I think, I think, I think people get really, you know, so, um, some of the most popular YouTube clips, you know, to do with, to do with hypnosis um, out there are, are, are ones about inductions, you know, and you go and have a look at the, you go and have a look at the, the comments section, you know, and people are saying, you know, I noticed that, that, that you know, you, you moved your little finger like this. And I noticed <laughs> that you that you used this within the induction and this and this. And does that make a difference? And, and, and there's lots of guys out there, lots of, you know, great hypnosis professionals who then describe their approach and discuss discuss what they were doing and how they were doing it and, and really get into detail. And, 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 and it's perhaps not quite as necessary yet. You know, I don't know whether it's just because there is such an appetite for it out there in the public, or if it's just that, you know, that, as you say, that, it, it, that there are a lot of beliefs that are very, very much, you know, entrenched out there and, and entrenched within, the, within our field. Yeah, I do think so. And, 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 and it's a shame because what you taught me and and what my further reading has taught me is 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 it seems that there are no trends <laughs> and you 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 don't need the unconscious mind you you can suggest trends and get it and 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 but but it, it, there's no really correlation with hypnosis and and for me at least and i i think it would be to to others to if they discover this it, it, it's really freeing you up as a therapist that, that you don't have to get the client to a certain point, that, that you can just start to, to suggest stuff uh, and, and work on directly on their issues um, inst instead of doing a formal process uh, or hit or miss or they're not at the right level or this this isn't working. It, it, it becomes more much more explorative and, and, and finding out what works with that particular client and, and what kind of suggestions and, and um, it, it just frees things up, not having to deal with trans or uh, funny language pattern. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. <coughs> you know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm I, I find it quite perplexing sometimes, in fact, because um, um, some of the, you know, a lot of the people that um, that, that, that who have provided the evidence um, for, for, for not necessarily needing to use even an induction, very often, you know, very often used inductions within their work. But the notion of trance, for example, um, I mean, something that I've, you know, I'm not going to go on about again today, but, you know, I think it's, I think it's deeply flawed. Um, and even, even, you know, Stephen Lynn, you know, uh, did, you know, created some evidence that, that showed that, that just using the word trance um, reduced suggestibility. Um, and, and it's so hard getting that kind of a message through out there. Yeah. Um, one of the things, one of the things that I really like about about your approach and your your line of inquiry, is that you know I recently, for example, put a video together. Um, I'm, I'm kind of taking on this, and I've spoken a bit about it here on this podcast before. You know, this idea that that politicians are using hypnosis on us, 
Mm. And and I put a bunch of stuff together. And who should pop up in my comments section um, <laughs> um, a few days after? But your very good self, you know. And and, and I like the fact. I love the fact that you that you said you know great great post Adam, and then and then um, layered in layered in some some really interesting um, thoughts. Um, 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 are you happy if I for me just to share a couple of your thoughts that you wrote yeah. on that? Um, of course. Because you, you you know you said um, um, that, that that you believed it was a fine line, um, and and you quoted Hippolyte Bernheim saying it's mm. suggestion that rules hypnosis, and you said political speeches can perhaps be seen as hypnotic sometimes, as you say, uh, as I had said um, in the video, political speeches are filled with suggestions, uh, and people are suggestible. Everything that can be done in hypnosis can be done without it. And if people are there, absorbed by the rhetoric, fascinated by what they hear, focused on the other, you know, on, on the ideas long enough, surely this must be considered hypnotic. Um, 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 do, do you want to expand on that at all? Or do you want me to just, just carry on with what I was going to say? <laughs> just carry on, Adam. Because, you see, I understand this. I understand this. And this, but, but I, I think... I think one of my challenges with 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 some of these ideas that, that that hypnosis is happening all the time around us is that for me, you know, the the collaborative nature of it um, um, needs to exist, and the context very often needs to exist for it to happen, and the kind of willingness of thought needs for it to happen. Because if we're saying if we're saying that hypnosis is perhaps a skill for example, a skill mm -hmm. that ultimately requires the, the individual to engage and collaborate actively. I find it very yes. difficult to therefore to therefore kind of engage in the debate that's very popular and, and very popular amongst a lot of my friends that, that you know, hypnosis is happening all the time um, yes. and, and that to different degrees it's happening. You know, lots of Lots of people um, here on the show talk about, you know, everyday hypnosis and highway hypnosis type of experiences that are going on all of the time. And, and like hypnosis is a slider and yeah. that, 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 that it's happening all the time anyway. But then when we sit in um, a therapy room, we're just kind of turning that slider up where it becomes more advanced. And um, um, rather than it being a slider, I tend to think um, that in terms of of what I'm talking about, making the differentiation between what people refer to as everyday hypnosis. I don't think it's so much a slider. I think it's a switch. I think it's off or it's on and someone is engaged in it um, or, or they are not rather than there necessarily being degrees of it and, and hypnosis is happening all the time. I think suggestions and suggestibility are definitely happening all of the time, but, but I d differentiate that from, from hypnosis. But, but what I loved, and I think one of the things that was really important to me was the, the fact that, you know, here, here you were, here you were. And, and this was something that is a kind of strong, strong message that I was delivering at the heart of everything. And, and here you are, someone that's trained with me and trained with lots of other exceptional people um, who was, who was calling, calling some of the principles to account, you know, yeah. and, and questioning it. And, um, and and looking to substantiate, you know, um, um, and to debate this. 
And I think that, that one of the reasons that I mention this, Michael, is because I love that. I love that and I welcome that. And I think it's important to recognise, you know, well, where am I coming from with this? And what has my thought process been here? And, yeah. um, you, you, you know, is it correct what I'm saying and what I'm doing? And that we get to question it, but that we're doing it amongst friends. And yes. I, I, I don't mean I don't mean it because we were friends in the first instance. I mean we're doing it in a friendly fashion where we're looking to yeah. develop. And there's yeah. such um, there's such a kind of culture within so much of this field, whereby um, people people if people are ever questioned, they consider it an affront or they get offended yeah. by it. Yeah. Um, um, because. You know, because you, you even went on to give me a double whammy on that 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 comment on my blog. You <laughs> said because you then said again it can have the complete opposite effect on someone else listening. So it's not wielding hypnotic powers at someone. If the definition of hypnosis is narrow, I must include a formal induction in order to be considered hypnosis. Political speeches are definitely not hypnosis. Um, and you said words are not magical. Language patterns are not magical. They, uh, they, they are, there are no t cheating in it. Um, um, and, and, you know, I, I love the fact that, that you did that and that you kind of embodied both sides of the argument mm. um, um, whilst you were thinking critically about the video that I put out there. And, yeah. you know, it, it just kind of personified the culture that I would love to see more of in, in this field. Yeah. Uh, and and it is a fine line between suggestion and hypnosis. But but yeah. I, to me at least, hypnosis is when we engage in it actively. <laughs> and now we now we're doing this deliberately. Uh, so, so so you can say it's not hypnosis if you listen to a speech or uh, if you are influenced by uh, fashion. Uh, and suddenly find yourself in a, a suit that you some years ago <laughs> wouldn't have imagined you you would have been in. But 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 it is along the same lines. It it it, it it's just when you call it hypnosis, it's it's doing it on purpose. Yeah. Now we I know where you're coming. Now, now we yeah yeah yeah. You know, I, 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 one of the things that that actually is probably we could probably do an entire podcast edition about was the fact that you said, you know, at the end, and if there are people absorbed by rhetoric, fascinated by what they hear, focused on the ideas long enough, it must be considered hypnotic. Mm. And and the, the term hypnotic becomes an interesting one because perhaps the term hypnotic is actually right on that fine line between suggestion mm. and hypnosis um, mm. um, um, and whether the two are the same or not. Because... It, you know, it, when something is busy being hypnotic, is it is it actually hypnosis or is it suggestibility that's that's working really well? And you know, the the, the yeah. term the term hypnotic as a verb is something actually, you know, I, I want to give a lot of thought to um, yeah. um, as to what that means and and what I think I mean when I talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I do have a question for you, Adam. Actually, um, just okay. I'm scared. Yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's 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 not it's not a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> I hope, <laughs> but but it's something that 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 uh, I have been. It's been puzzling um, to to me because you you when I I read your meta analysis from uh, 2018 on on self hypnosis. 
And uh, some of you, one of your conclusion was that that self-directed, the self-directed form of self-hypnosis, uh, where a person is active in deliver, delivering themselves the suggestions, worked far better than just listening to to an audio or a passive um, process. Uh, and therefore, teaching our clients how to do self-hypnosis <laughs> um, uh, becomes very beneficial. So, so, so they're doing it the right way. Uh, and, and, and one thing from your, one finding from your, your study that keeps popping up is um, that evidence seems to suggest that two sessions of self-directed self-hypnosis may be equivalent to eight hetero-hypnosis sessions. And, and, and that kind of puts hypnotherapist in a, in a bad light, <laughs> or at least it teaches us to maybe adopt uh, a different protocol um, that, that's more client-centered and, and uh, where, where we teach the client to take ownership and teach them self-hypnosis before we, we do um, hetero-hypnosis on them. Yeah, you know, well, you know, I mean, that, 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 that there was a particular study um, by Tan and colleagues back in 20, I think it's 2013, 2014, um, and Mark Jensen, um, you know, some really, a really solid group of researchers who showed that with regards to, um, with regards to back pain, a particular type of lumbar region back pain, um, that, that self-hypnosis, you know, a couple of sessions of, of self-directed self-hypnosis had a better effect and more impact than eight sessions of, of heterohypnosis. That, 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 was, that was one of the outcomes. And, um, um, you know, self-hypnosis was shown to, to outperform um, 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 heterohypnosis in a number of ways. Um, um, you know, in particular when it was self-directed. And, and absolutely, you know, for me, this is paving the way for, for, for a complete paradigm shift, um, yeah. um, which is the way in which I conduct my therapy sessions with my clients now. And that is before there's any heterohypnosis done, I teach them self-hypnosis and mm. um, um, that they become, you know, that the, the role upon doing hypnosis to someone is lesser. You know, um, um, it's, it's, it's important if there's a big convoluted type of technique or treatment approach that you're using. But ultimately, for me, um, um, in my therapy sessions, I've become far less of a hypnotherapist and more of a therapist that teaches self-hypnosis. Yeah, um, and I, I really like that. I, I really like that. But, but, but um, and, and what's... It's... Uh, I, I, I'll try to to <laughs> to keep my head straight in, yeah, in, in yeah, formulating the the, the question um, because now when I when I do hypnosis I, I lean strongly um, towards a cognitive behavioral approach um, where you teach the clients the the processes and you you rehearse uh, with them and 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 hypnosis is not a magical thing it's something we can do and become better at and I really love it and, and and also with your 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 study in mind it becomes even more important to to, to do that and and to teach them uh, the processes um but i have clients from way back when i was more magical and more uh, direct and more the hypnotist uh 
yeah, yeah, and and and, and believing in an unconscious mind and and and, and things like that, and um, and they 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 they've come back and 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 have seen my development now where where, where I have another leaning, um, and then I I started teaching them this that approach and and teach them how to do self hypnosis um, by themselves and and. and and then they say, "Oh, oh, then it's it's just me doing it." And 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 uh, I, I try to explain to them the, the benefits of, of doing it and, and training, and and it it becomes almost, even though they get it, and even though they they they, they can they can see it, it becomes too much for them to 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 do the exercises. Like like when going to the gym, you you. You know it's good for you to, to train and lift weights, um, um, but it's still easier to have the coach by your side. And 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 uh, if if you don't have that, you, most people just give up. And before they really have the benefits of going to the gym. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, I mean, I mean, th- p- people still have you by their side. I can I, I can understand how. How people, you see, the problem with 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 that with that scenario that you've just set there is yeah. actually is actually actually presents itself within the the literature, um, um, and that is that, that if if someone's experienced hetero hypnosis already, um, then then very often it it, it 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 depletes the ability to to do self hypnosis, and also you know people contrast the two. And and the experience of, of lying back and just kind of sitting there and letting somebody else do it is very often much much more preferable. You know, on on, on a number of different levels, it, it ends up being more preferable. So um, I, I can understand that. I think it's very very natural to to have that kind of a response. And I think you know um, I'm, I, I I still got lots of lots of therapeutic gain and benefit when when I was you know um um. um conceptualizing hypnosis in a very very different way to the way in which I do today um, um, but probably you know I, I'm getting better longer term results these days and um, and you know I, I, I completely understand the fact that a lot of people don't want uh, uh, to be taught a portable set of skills <laughs> to go away mm-hmm. and do that they want to come mm-hmm. sit in a chair and have that happen and that's that's what their opinion <laughs> and what their what their what their vision of hypnosis is um and yeah you know i i'd love to better say i'd love to better offer that kind of fantasy but i think i think it is it is much more fantasy these days that 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 kind of notion Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel the same way after reading reading all the stuff. But 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 there is another side to, to the coin too. I think that, that we have to have in, in mind if we read Evan Kirsch's book, the brilliant book, The Emperor's New Drugs, where where he finds out that that antidepressant or describes his studies, finding out antidepressant medication has no effect other than the placebo effect. Um, and he, he does not suggest that, that people just drop their medication and, and do nothing no, quite uh, right. because now they, they knew there's, there's no uh, drug effects. Uh, he, he recommends that they do psychotherapy and, and the long-time benefits of doing psychotherapy are, are far better. But as I remember, he does suggest that, that people maybe take an 
alternative medication. Uh, he, he mentions St. John's wort, I think, uh, yeah. instead of the real medication, because it, 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 even though it, it doesn't have any real drug effect, it can give people the, the feeling that they are doing something and thereby give them the strength to seek further help and, and, and learn the techniques. So, 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 so sometimes I, I, my own anecdotal evidence, I, I think the, the magical approach can sometimes lift people up and give them the strength to, to then be able to learn and, 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 and take it from there. Um, where yeah, having, yeah. having to do the work when you're low and when you're down on energy can can be uh, yeah 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 I, I I understand that I absolutely understand that I think it's a really valid point and I think um um you're quite right you know that that, that some people would prefer that the problem is if it's sold on that basis that is if yeah, it's yeah. framed on that basis or if yeah. it's pitched to people on that basis that all you need to do is turn up. And will yes. shazam you if if that then if those expectations are then not met it can yes. be a bit challenging so whereas whereas I, I will i will have things established in rather sober fashion for example and then every now and then exactly as you've said offer them um, um a hetero hypnosis session that's aimed at uplifting and and is you know even using language patterning and some music even you know god forbid um, mm. um, um and so on and make it a little bit like i'm doing something to you here and and have a little bit of placebo in there um, mm. um to, to to lift them you know mm. and, and have a little bit of magical thinking for example then i think that's that's absolutely fine um, mm. I'm, I'm under those circumstances, you know, and, and mm. it's and it's in their best interests. You know, yes. I think I think you make a really good point there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Michael, I have to I have to ask you, you know, where can people go to learn more about your work? Can can go learn more about you? I have a web page called Dean Hypnose. That DK. Oh. I don't know how you pronounce it in English. Yeah, Dean Hypnose. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. will have I will have a link to that. And on there, I've written a self hypnosis guide, uh, a practical self hypnosis guide, where, where where a lot of things that we have discussed are mentioned, and and how you train and how you develop um, your mindset and how 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 you how you you do it, and and there's a lot of fun exercises in there. It is in in Danish, so so the yeah, yeah. speaking listeners. Yeah, yeah, so 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 people that are people people that are Danish are probably going to prefer that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm, Michael, you know, I could just carry on talking to you all day. Um, um, um I, 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 I love it. Um, um, I love your attitude. And I want to thank you so much for for coming on the show. Um, um, yeah, really, all that's left for me to say is is Michael Belagianis. Thank you for being this week's guest. Yeah, and thank you, Adam. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed that. Um, I have a lot of love for Michael. Um, it probably comes across. Um, next up, then, we're going to have a look at our uh, hypnosis in a new story. Today, I'm just making reference to a single story, and it is entitled Hypnotist Thief puts shopkeeper in trance 
before robbing him. This is a, a, a story that was in the, the Daily Telegraph back in 2014. Um, 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 so um, um, it, it's one of those ones. Um, it made a lot of st- a lot of headlines um, here in the UK. And it was all about a man who stole the wallet and money from a shopkeeper, apparently using hypnosis. And, and most major newspapers in the UK um, gave this story some coverage. And they were all fairly similar in how they covered the story. Um, and I, I got asked about, uh, you know, about it a great deal. Um, um, the Telegraph, which you'd expect to have a more kind of sober perspective on the story, carries the headline, Hypnotist Thief Puts Shopkeeper in Trance Before Robbing Him, as I, as I said earlier. Um, and there'll be a link to this story um, um, over, on, uh, uh, over in the episode notes. Um, um, let, me, let me just address the fact that the Telegraph uses the word trance. I mean, I've, I've spoken about it in previous episodes and you can find um, um, a video on my YouTube channel where I talk in some depth about the use of the word trance and, 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 and the reasons that I think we should stop using it um, as a sim- synonym for hypnosis. Um, 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 but, but, you know, the, 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 the title of the article assumes that trance and hypnosis are the same thing. And, and really, they're not. Um, you know, Stephen J. Lynn and Irving Kirsch, two of the most prolific contemporary researchers in the field of hypnosis, criticised the, the notion that hypnotism works by inducing an altered state of consciousness or trance. Um, I, I'm just going to read a quote from them, Lynn and Kirsch, 2006. The idea that hypnosis involves a trance state may be the most pernicious of popular ideas about hypnosis. Decades of research have failed to confirm the hypotheses that responds to suggestion Um, that responses to suggestion are due to an altered state of consciousness. And as a result, the hypothesis has been abandoned by most researchers in the field. Many knowledgeable scholars either reject the use of the term trance as misleading or use it in a sufficiently broad sense to include such commonplace experiences as being absorbed in an interesting move, conversation or daydream. Anyway, so that there ends the quote. Indeed, referring to hypnosis as involving a trance actually appears to make people less hypnotizable. I've spoken about this before. You know, it, it may foster anxiety about a loss of control and encourage subjects to adopt an overly passive kind of wait and see attitude. By, by contrast, researchers have generally found that subjects who actively imagine the things being suggested tend to respond better to hypnosis. Um, um, and, and as I've mentioned in, in, in a previous episode, you know, Lynn and colleagues found that when participants in an experimental study were told that it was necessary to enter trance to respond to hypnotic suggestions, they became less suggestible. Um, 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 anyway, back to the rest of the Telegraph's article. Um, they, they insist on referring to it as Darren Brown style hypnosis. I mean, Darren Brown even wrote on his Facebook wall um, at the time, um, and I'll quote him, getting lots of journos wanting me to speak about recent hypnotist thief story. No desire to further sensationalise the story. So no, sorry. Um, I would hasten to add that Darren Brown's an entertainer who creates stunts and does tricks and there's a lot of production and preparation involved in creating the impressive hypnosis effect seen on his television shows, all of which he, you know, he does beautifully, um, um, but, but is entertainment and involves a lot less of the more academic explanation of what hypnosis actually is. You know, they, 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 they even ride on the back of a lot of the misconception and myth um, for their, their entertainment effect. So for the Telegraph to 
frame the crime as Darren Brown style hypnosis seems a bit unusual to the likes of myself. Um, the Telegraph just assumes that hypnosis is being used, as 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 many of the, the the newspaper articles covering this story did. I think this is incredibly lazy journalism. You know, I'm, I've watched the video of the theft on a number of occasions, and I, I, I'm unsure what on earth would lead anyone to believe that hypnosis was being used here at all. Um, despite the Telegraph refer, referring to the entire event as a bizarre hypnosis raid, I mean, why are you calling it that? Why? I just don't understand. The Telegraph firstly state um, that the thief entered the shop and placed a bottle on the shelf. No, no hypnosis there. Um, um, and then they state that the thief tapped the shopkeeper um, um, on the shoulder. Um, 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 again, nothing to do with hypnosis. No hypnosis there. Uh, they then state that the thief raises his right fist and shakes it in front of the shopkeeper. No hypnosis there. Um, although the Telegraph kept claim that this left him mesmerised. Um, um, you know, it, it's disputed whether mesmerism has actually anything to do with hypnosis, but I, I kind of get the link that they're making. The thief then reaches into the shopkeeper's pockets, takes his wallet and squeezes the shopkeeper's shoulder. He then walks out. Um, you know, I don't know whether hypnosis is there. The thief does make some other miming gestures while pointing at his tummy. But again, I fail to see how this is anything to do with hypnosis. What, what, what cracks me up? is that a friend of the shopkeeper is quoted as saying, we had no idea Aziz had been hypnotised. Well, well, exactly, because he most likely was not hypnotised. <laughs> I think the most bizarre thing about this story, um, the article coverage in the Daily Mail actually seems to be more cautious about how they label this entire event. So the Daily Mail's title of the story was, Look into my eyes. Incredible moment. Thief appears to hypnotise shopkeeper before rifling through his pockets while he is in a trance. <sighs> they still refer to trance and they refer to the shopkeeper who, and I'll quote, falls into what appears to be a trance-like state, which is not really, you know, I'm not going to go there again. Anyway, Mr. Hader, the shopkeeper, he's quoted within the story as saying, it was late. I was tired. I'm not sure, but it was like I was hypnotised. OK, so if he had experienced hypnosis before, he would know what hypnosis was like and would be able to say without doubt, I was hypnotised. But he says he is not sure. So perhaps he's not been hypnotised before. Um, I mean, if he had been hypnotised before, how does he know? You know, Or rather, if, if, if he has not been hypnotised before... How does he know that what went on in, in his shop was actually anything to do with hypnosis? It's perhaps how he might imagine hypnosis to be based upon popular myth and misconception. You know, hypnosis, it's collaborative. Um, um, you know, um, it, it's a cognitive skill, according to many theories. You know, you've got to actively participate in it. You're not a wholly passive recipient of it. Um, it's not done to you. It is not done on you. In fact, there are much better ways of getting people to do things they do not want to do than using hypnosis. Most thieves use fear and threats of violence to take money from shops, which definitely alters the mindset of the shopkeeper. From looking at the evidence and looking at the film clip, a lot of distraction seemed to be used, um, not just by looking at the footage, but you know, if you look at some of the other quotes, Mr. Hader, the shopkeeper, he goes on to say, I'll quote him, he said his wife was in trouble and needed someone to help her. And, you know, this, this smacks of distraction. Uh, he goes on to say, I'll quote him again. 
He was touching my stomach, saying, my wife is pregnant. It's an old trick of the professionals. End of quote. If it's an old trick, why classify it as hypnosis? And this next quote is crucial as far as I'm concerned. He says, and I'll quote, I was thinking, what should I give to him? Maybe he wanted water, tonic water. I feel really shocked by it. I thought, why is he touching me? But by that time, it was too late. End of quote. So he was shocked. He was slightly confused. He was distracted. Okay, some of these elements might be considered hypnotic in some quarters, but it's tenuous at best to say that hypnosis was somehow being wielded to commit a crime. The thief also acted totally usually and was calm. He assumed the outcome, which could be angled as a hypnotic behaviour and quality a la Clark Hull in 1933. And he clearly had a degree of expectation, which again could be attributed to, to some hypnotic theory. But the shopkeeper had no expectation about it. And that's how expectation gets explained in hypnosis, that the recipient had expectation. Um, um, you know, One of the other clips on the Daily Mail page is titled Police Baffled at, theme, uh, at Thief Who Apparently Hypnotised Victim. You see, to me, there's very little that is apparent to suggest hypnosis. But I appreciate them putting the word hypnosis or hypnotised in quotation marks. And, and that's the point, isn't it? The word hypnosis builds intrigue. It gets readers interested. Um, it sensationalises the story. But at what cost? You know, it perpetuates popular nonsense, myth and misconception about the field of hypnosis and, and what it's really about. Some might argue that there's no such thing as bad publicity for the field of hypnosis and it'll enhance the perception that people know it to be powerful. But I find that a fairly weak argument because, you know, overall, this kind of story misleads. It creates a false impression that, in my opinion, puts many people off what we do than actually promotes our field. So those are, are my thoughts. You know, do go and look at the clip if you've not already seen it. You know, the, the video is in, um, 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 in the newspaper article. Um, I think the sensationalist use of the word hypnosis is what really makes the story grab the headlines. Um, um, so this week's, that, that brings me really neatly onto this week's um, um, hypnosis in the news story. Um, because uh, and, and, um, this week's hypnosis factoid, um, evidence-based factoid. And the fact of the week is this, and that is that um, 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 such, such stories, um, you know, from when analysed from a psychological and criminological standpoint, there's no evidence to support any real use of hypnotic methods in these, these hypnotic thief episodes. So um, um, uh, a 2009 paper, a peer-reviewed uh, um, 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 paper in the International Journal of Clinical and Experimental Hypnosis, um, stated that the, the, the kind of shocking news of robberies committed um, using hypnosis, so-called, on bank cashiers, salespeople, or passers-by, um, um, has been sporadically reported by the media in countries around the world. Um, um, the first reported episode in Italy dates to the 1950s. So although the phenomenon has been reported in the papers more frequently in, in recent years, such as the, the story that I've mentioned, no objective analysis up until that point had been published in the scientific literature. 
So the paper that I'm referring to here by Clerici, uh, Veneroni, Di Michelli and Betsos, like I said, the 2009 paper, analyzes 106 episodes that were recorded in Italy alone between 1988 and 2007. And it's identified by a systematic review of the online and printed archives of Italian national and local daily newspapers and of a database of the country's principal press agency. And, and, you know, they come to the conclusion that when they are analysed from this psychological and criminological standpoint, there is no evidence to support any real use of hypnotic methods in the episodes described. Um, there's a link to that paper, you know, if you want to go and have an, uh, an explore of it. Um, um, there's a link to that research paper that's included on this episode's page of the Hypnosis Weekly website. Um, and if you follow me on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram, you can find masses of memes relating to a variety of studies whereby hypnosis has been examined. Um, that's it for this week's 113th edition. I do hope you enjoyed it. Um, um, I've got many, many more exciting guests that I'll be welcoming to Hypnosis Weekly in coming weeks, uh, coming editions. Uh, we'll be discussing, debating, celebrating and above all, remaining friends. Um, all the references made in the discussions along with related links are posted at each episode on the Hypnosis Weekly website www.hypnosis-weekly.com. I absolutely welcome your thoughts, comments, suggestions and questions. So do please message me or add them on the Hypnosis Weekly website and I'll make sure they get addressed, answered and explored accordingly. Please do share this podcast on Facebook, Twitter and anywhere else. Really help us reach the hypnosis field. Uh, my thanks again go to Michael Belligianis. My thanks to you as always for tuning in. Um, um, th th there'll be um, the next edition won't be for a couple of weeks. Um, it's the Easter holidays here, um, and um, I won't be around next week. Um, so I'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. My name is Adam Eason. This has been Hypnosis Weekly. Until next time, goodbye for now. Mm -hmm.